chain. I know the beauty don't come without honey. Hold on, hold on. That's last. I know that torture don't come without Wayne. I know that losing don't come without gain. I know that beauty don't come without, don't come without. Gentlemen, boys and girls, very warm welcome to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore, your co-host for this evening. And you have, lying ahead of you, an hour of hardcore sports power. We're going to the Handy Andes in just a moment to talk the return of the Russian Football Premier League. And of course, the latest in the English Premier League where Manchester United just finished up against Chelsea. And of course, Liverpool and Sheffield United kicking off fairly soon. And uh, of course, we're going to speak with them about the European, the UEFA Champions and Europa Leagues. Um, and I'm going to have a little bit of a check-in on the KHL playoffs because they are starting this week. Yes, the regular season, season ended. So uh, all the fun and games are ahead of us and then in in the of course actually I have to say our three Moscow teams Siskad, Dinamo and Spartak all qualified for the playoffs but there's one little uh, nuance shall we say and um, it will be well a bit uncomfortable for fans of Siska or Spartak because they're going to face each other in the first round of playoffs okay in the quarterfinals okay we are going to go straight then to uh, England to Stephen Scragg who of course is a world renowned author and he and then Isol Cody and then the Handy Andys as well all together are going to tell us about their greatest of all time foot Football coaches. We had a poll all week since Tuesday, of course, and uh, you know, folks, the, the the responses to it have just been absolutely unbelievable, um, including my own, of course. Uh, well, actually, no, not unbelievable, kind of um, surprising. Okay, and then, of course, in the third, we are going to have our big fat filthy quiz. Okay, straight away, I'm going to bring in uh, Mr. Andrew Flint. Andrew, um, round of games in the Russian Football Premier League this weekend. A few surprises, some that we. <laughs> kind of didn't figure we did figure that local might get a point out of the game with Siska but of course they won 2-0 with two well one absolute like what do they call it like thunderfuck of a goal, a goal or sorry thunderbastard of a goal <laughs> from Krishoviak <laughs> excuse me uh, Zenit dropping two points 2-2 at home to Ross Stuff um, 
No surprise, Tambov losing in the most weird circumstances with one of the most controversial goals, I think, of the league uh, so far this season, losing 3-1 at home. Uh, Spartak losing at home today 2-0 to Rubin. So that was a kind of a surprise. We figured that they needed to get that win um, and they, they didn't. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the big uh, showdown in Grozny, Ahmad and uh, Dinamo. Uh, Dinamo coming out 2-1 on top. Right now, Andrew Flint, the table. Zenith are on top. They they are still five points ahead of Tiska. Um, or, yeah, they're five points ahead of Tiska. Uh, Sochi rising into third place on 36 points. Then Spartak struggling in fourth. Dinamo in sixth and Loco in seventh. Um, were you surprised with the weekend's results, Andrew? Uh, yes. Um, there, there weren't really many that were absolute slam dunks other than Tamboff losing. Um, or even that, I didn't expect. Uh, Roto had scored nine goals in 19 games, and they scored three against Tambov. But you mentioned bizarre goals. I, I, I'd probably describe it as suspicious, the own goal that uh, Tambov um, aided into the net, shall we say. Um, but <laughs> moving swiftly on from that, yeah, yeah Hinky beating home was expected. Um, but Zanit dropping points. Um, and Spartak at home dropping points uh, probably Krasnodar dropping points at home to Ural probably the biggest shock so plenty that we didn't expect yeah I mean if we're looking at it now I mean Loco I mean it's so so tight there at the top okay Zenit they have won the league we, we've already announced that a long time ago um, they're on 42 points they've run away with the league despite dropping two points at home to Rostov they're still a far better team uh, an awful second goal they gave away as well um, but there are between second and ninth, there are only six points from Tiska on 37 points and Rubin rising into ninth on uh, 31 points. Um, Spartak looked like they could be in free fall. And this again goes back to, you know, their coach deciding that once his contract is up, he's leaving. It's not exactly the most balanced atmosphere to come into what is already a running, you have to say. Now only 10 games left. Um I think the arrival of Quincy Promise was, it was always going to be popular, but I was never quite convinced it was what Spartak really needed. Alexander Sobolev has come back from injury and he started the game. Uh, Jordan Larson was suspended, but he's just been on fire all season, as has Ezekiel Ponte. Promise coming in, I'm wondering whether there's going to be a bit of a, sh- a further shift um, between Tedesco and the, the ownership because Promise was that glamour signing. I'm not convinced it was one Tedesco asked for. Um, and it, I don't know what happened to Spartak, really. Zobnin getting sent off obviously changed it completely, but there's something missing there. Um, Tedesco, great coach. I'm not sure how much longer. Yeah, I, I, I do think that, like, um, you know, seeing the photos of Fidun and uh, Promise together and, you know, Fidun kind of like yeah. lapping up the attention from the fans, it kind of is like deflecting the fact that he has let down his coach so badly this year. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um, looking ahead to next week uh, right away because we've got a lot to cover in this first segment. Uh, Siska on Saturday at home at 2 o'clock against Ahmad Grozny. Then um, you have Dinamo on Sunday at home, 4.30 against Tambov. Spartak at home uh, a little bit later on on Sunday at 7 o'clock against Krasnodar. And finally, Lokomotiv away to Arsenal Tula. That is on Monday at 2 o'clock. Of course, it's a bank holiday Monday. It's Ladies' Day. Um, like It looks like it's, it's wins all around for the, the Moscow clubs this coming weekend, doesn't it? 
yeah, I mean, Krasnodar, um, they've got basically nothing left to play for out of Europe, um, dropping points at home. They were, that's going to be a great game to watch. Um, plenty of attacking talent. Um, but, again, Krasnodar did, they, they put on a lot of pressure, but they were inconsistent. So, I think Spartak have a real chance there. Um, Arsenal Tula are just uh, floundering, so locals shouldn't have too much trouble there. Um, Akhmat, away from home, are, are actually slightly better than they are at home, but they're still not really going to threaten a great deal. Um, yeah, I, I don't think really there's any point discussing Dynamo at home to Tambov. That is a three points automatically already. So should, should hopefully be um, four wins from four from the, the Moscow City clubs, I'd say. OK, um, of course, we should mention Himke are away in Volgograd against Rotter. Um, Andy Mack, you're there on the air uh, as well with us. Um, you, you, are you looking at four Moscow City Club wins next weekend as well? Well, you're a throwaway comment there of Himke. They're the most informed side in the Russian Premier League at the moment. Um, the last, If you take the last five games, the top two would be Himke and then Sochi, believe it or not. <laughs> I mean, no, no, he, like him, him here in tenth place, and they're doing brilliant because, of course, we were expecting them to struggle. They were struggling to start of the season, but of course, when you look them below them, I mean, it's I, Ufa. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 I totally wrote them off after watching them in and first game of the season against CSK. They were atrocious. Um, so the turnaround's been absolutely incredible from them. Um, but what's below them, I think, it already makes them safe. I think 30 points in the Russian Premier League this year is probably going to be a nice little safety bracket there. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, it's just utter trash that's below them. They're on 28 points already at the moment, so I think they're pretty much safe. Are you including Ural uh, Yekaterinburg in that uh, trash comment? I I am very much after they threw away that <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on from there. Uh, English <laughs> Premier League, of course. Um, it, it's basically we know that we're, we've we've already announced it a long time ago who is going to win the uh, the league. We knew that Liverpool were not going to win it this year. Uh, and of course Liverpool are kicking off in around five minutes away to Sheffield United um, a little bit earlier on before we came on air Chelsea drew nil nil at home to Manchester United Spurs Isolde Cody's team they hammered poor El Burnley 4-0 Arsenal uh, Nazar's see, double N's team they uh, really really upset the apple cart in beating Leicester City 3-1 and then of course yesterday uh, there were some interesting results West Ham losing at home or sorry losing away 2-1 to Man City which we kind of figured would happen um, controversy in the West Brom the Albion Derby uh, West Brom and Brighton it was 1-0 to West Brom uh, but in any case looking at the table right now Man City of course well out on top on 12 points he, uh, with equal number of games played with most of the teams below them and Liverpool dropping even if they win tonight uh, they're still going to be outside the Champions League spots Adam um, Max starting with you uh, I, I, I've heard a play to, to this evening by Perry Groves on TalkSport saying that uh, West it's, it, it's a playoff basically for second place between Man United West Ham United and Chelsea for second place in the Premier League who would have thought that at the start of the season? Um, absolutely nobody Um, I mean I I was lots of people I thought discredited West Ham with their um, with their 2-1 defeat at Man City everyone said Man City weren't on on their game I actually think it was just West Ham worked so hard uh, and and were were that effective going forward I mean they had 11 players behind the ball 
70 minutes in, 80 minutes in, people working back. The substitutes, I think, were, were mainly from exhaustion as, as much as they were tactical. Um, and they really disrupted Man City's midfield. And it's a team that everyone was talking about. They are going to be Pep Guardiola's most fruitful um, fruitful season going since his Barcelona days. And, and West Ham gave them a good game. So I think West Ham will seriously be in the mix if they can avoid injuries, which is, I think, why Leicester have now dropped out of that three is that now they have some serious injury concerns. That is true. I mean, Leicester, I mean, they are well, doing well. They've only lost one of the last five matches. Uh, Manchester United, of course, drawing tonight. That's three draws in the last five league games. Well, of course, they've got two wins in there as well. Um, Chelsea are doing all right. Um, but, I mean, Andrew Flint, looking at Man United, they are in a battle now. West Ham, OK, they're five points behind. Um, but Chelsea are, are you know, they're thereabouts in the mix. Um, Liverpool, OK, Liverpool will be looking to get to the Champions League places this year. But do you think it's going to be a United uh, showdown, Manchester and West Ham? Well, again, like Andy Burke said, nobody would have said this at the beginning of a season. Um, you, have to, you have to count them in. Um, I can't believe they will have the legs for the final run in um, compared to Chelsea. Because I think Tuchel has... Started to earn the trust of, of his players. He seems to be getting um, reasonable game time. Uh, Pulisic coming on today, for example. I know he's struggled with his form, but he's an electric player that can be used well. And if he gets the most out of him, uh, rests some of the legs as much as he can, then Chelsea, I would be worried most about, I have to be honest. Although I'm not, I don't mean to discount West Ham, but Chelsea, are the, they have more quality in their side. And I do think they are the worry. Um, but West Ham, certainly, they've earned the right to be there. And they've got more consistency than most, well, than Leicester and Liverpool, certainly. So they have to be in the mix. OK, because, of course, midweek, of course, there are games. Um, uh, tomorrow, Everton are playing Southampton at home. Again, Everton are kind of like fighting up there for a Champions League spot. But an interesting one, OK, Manchester United play on Wednesday against Crystal Palace. That is 11.15 Moscow time. Leicester City kicking off a little bit earlier at 9pm against Burnley. But one... Very, very interesting one, of course, is Liverpool on Thursday at home against Chelsea. That is 11.15 Moscow time. Now, if Liverpool win tonight and then win that one, they will be ahead of Chelsea because, of course, uh, Liverpool have a game, uh, well, at the moment have a game in hand over the teams above them. Um, Andy Mack, do you think that, that, that Liverpool have what it takes to actually you know, get ahead of Chelsea and to stay ahead maybe? Of course they do, um, but I mean the biggest worry for me is you look at their starting uh, eleven tonight, and I don't think there's a brilliant defender going in their back four at the moment. Um, Andrew Robertson and uh, Alexander Arnold Trent are both fantastic going forward. They get exposed when um, they don't have cover in the centre, uh, and that's their biggest point at the moment. They've signed a defender from Schalke. Schalke have proven can't defend this season for love nor money. Uh, and a very young guy that has been thrown into the mix. And then in front of that, there isn't a great deal of cover. I mean, you've got three players for me that are anchor men, uh, what you might call a, a sort of um, playmakers or whatever, with Thiago, Wijnaldum, and then another young guy and three forwards. Um, it's very, very risky. If they score goals, they'll win games. Uh, but at the back, I, I think they're extremely vulnerable. And I think even the likes of Sheffield United, I think, might be able to expose that tonight. So Chelsea if they're on song, get their, their tic-tacs right for the night. Uh, and I think 
Uh, Tuchel got it slightly wrong against United today. Uh, I think they could have been much more effective without playing Giroud, who's been on fire. But Giroud is the kind of player that um, United would be suited to defend against because he's not particularly pacey. I think he's quite easy to mark. And if you've got two people on him, so I think Tuchel needs to, he's learning his way a little bit at the moment in the Premier League. But um, against Liverpool, I think he'll be much more effective because I think he'll have, he'll have taken a lot away from that game against United tonight. Yeah, a lot of people are speaking after that game, of course, and uh, Tuchel, that he, he is going to lift Chelsea to another level next year, uh, to a higher level, of course. Um, all right, Andy Mack, uh, staying with you, 30 seconds next weekend, of course, uh, is the the Manchester Derby on Sunday. It is at 7.30 kickoff in uh, Man City's home ground. Um, Man City, Manchester United, 30 seconds, who's going to win? Is Will it be a draw and why? Um, it's so tough. I think it will be a draw this year just because I think United's away form has been so impeccable. I, I, I think that's kind of what's what's geeing them on. And they've won the last two at Manchester City, so I think a draw going on that. Okay, Andrew Flynn, 30 seconds to you. Well, of course, United are going to batter them 5-0 and the title race is back on. Um, no, in all seriousness, I think Andy Matt's got it spot on. Um, Solskjaer does counter-attacking defensive football reasonably well away from home under pressure. He can play well without possession. That's what we won't. That's what will happen. And I, I hate to say it for the neutral, 0-0 all over for me. Um, but okay. uh, who knows? Okay, very, very quickly, guys, before we go away, uh, two major games. Of course, there's a uh, Champions League uh, and Europa League on this week, uh, but let's have a look at the Champions League. Ju- Juve are home against Porto. Uh, Porto taking a 2-1 lead um, into that game. Um, Dortmund are 3-2 ahead against Sevilla. They're home, so they have those three away goals. PSG, who won 4-1 against Barcelona in the first leg, and, of course, Liverpool, who won 2-0 against uh, RB Leipzig, Red Bull Leipzig in the first leg. Um, I'm going to ask you, Andy Mack, for the PSG Barcelona, is there a chance for Barcelona to pull it back, or it might be a bit more painful in Paris? Um, I don't think there's really any chance for Barcelona. I think um, they they looked out of sorts, even beating Sevilla at home. I, I think PSG will see it out. Okay, um, Andrew Flint, uh, no hope for Leipzig in Anfield? Um, well, I'd, I'd have to say so now after the first leg. I was surprised, um, if I'm honest. But yes, I think I think Liverpool will be able to close that one out. Okay, all right. Okay, the boys will be staying with us, of course. We're going to have Eastfield Cody and Stephen Scragg on in the next segment. We're going to go out. Remember, plus seven, nine two five, one 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 zero five three. We're going to be having our questions in the next segment. We're going to go out with Eric Pride and appropriately titled Call on Me. Back after this. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
with Alan Moore. Welcome back, folks. Hope you enjoyed that one. Of course, uh, this segment, uh, Capital Sports, is delighted to bring you this segment. Thanks to our partnership with Match Business Consulting, the one-stop shop for all your sports events and management needs. Now, folks, we are always delighted to have on people who are, let's just say, um, well-versed in word, authors and so on and so forth. And we are really, really delighted to have a, a, someone who I think that when you read his books, you read what he's written, you're always impressed because it goes well under the skin well under the, uh, let's just say, the norm. So we're going to start off this segment with Stephen Scragg. Stephen, you're very welcome on to Capital Sports this evening. Oh, thanks for asking me on, Alan. I'm delighted to, to be on. Um, listen, just, a, I mean, what, how, how do you manage to write? Just that. Because a lot of people say, okay, I have a book in me. You've had more than one book. You've had a couple of books and they've both been absolutely stonk, stonkingly good. Um, it's just the niche, you know, for, for me, that's, that's all I'd describe it as. I, I know I've always loved football, <clears throat> excuse me. It's always been an omnipresent figure from, from being very young. You know, I was the youngest of three siblings, you know, a dad who's hugely into football, my brother, you know, had a passion for it as well. Uh, my mum abided it because a boys loved her, uh, and a sister absolutely hated it. So, you know, it was always a, a point of either kind of great, great community, great joy, and great conflict all in one. Uh, and then I think looking back, I used to love English and used to love writing stuff in school. Uh, it's probably my favourite thing apart from PE. Uh, <laughs> and and then you know eventually married the two. Um, you know it wasn't. It, it was. I'd always describe myself when I'm asked is uh, often describe myself as an accidental author or a, a fanzine contributor gone wrong or gone rogue. Um, <laughs> I started out on fanzines and then the internet uh, era opened up so many different avenues and so many of them, I, I would say that I, I just blundered through by by chance and, and just being in the right place at the right time. And I think for me, when it comes to writing about football, I've only ever written about topics that I've, I've really wanted to read about myself. And you know, rather than in a, a textbook manner, I've, I've tried to put a bit of a, you know, a kind of, I don't know, a personal spin on them almost. Uh, you know, I've, I've had people turn around and say that I have a knack of, of getting the feeling for a topic and, you know, and that's lovely to hear, but, you know, I, I'm, you know, I struggle with being self-analytical about it. Well, listen, I mean, the, 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 of course, you're writing with the, uh, these football times um, and what, like, the, the, the first book you had out, of course, was a, a, tournament, a tournament frozen in time um, and that was about the European Cup Winners' Cup which, of course, for me, was always terrific because it was one that you know, West Ham United, for example, won. It always seemed more open to other teams. It was the one that kind of saved Alex Ferguson's career and so on. And then, of course, the one on uh, the UEFA Cup, uh, where the, which I think it came out last autumn, as far as I remember, and it uh, was uh, where the cool kids hung out, the chic years of the UEFA Cup. Um, okay, I can understand the Cup Winners' Cup because a lot of um, Russian and ex-Soviet people kind of have fond memories of the Cup Winners' Cup. But why the UEFA Cup? Because it has has morphed into the Europa League. Yes, well, that's the thing is that the the part of the tournament that I've written about is specifically the two-legged era final, the final era uh, when when the final used to be played over two legs, which stretched from its inception in seventy-one to ninety-seven. Um, so after that, you know, a, a kind of the last chapter is a bit of a lament over how it kind of loses its character. 
you know, beyond 97. You know, there's, there's, there's nods towards the tournament, and as soon as group stages are introduced and, the, and there's a change of name, then, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a bit like the MK Dons and, and Wimbledon. It, it, it kind of stops being itself. Um, so, yes, you know, this is, uh, again, it's a, a book that centres on what I would probably describe as being the most impressionable era. Uh, you know of, of my football watching you know when you're a kid and you, you just imbibe it all and you have no responsibilities and you know it, it's just a great time to kind of like just absorb football so you know I'm a great believer in that you're hardwired to you know the, the youth of your football you know those those early world cups that you remember will be the most the, the fondest ones are the ones that you will always measure future world cups against and somehow be vaguely disappointed by the fact that they don't quite live up to them. Yeah, it, and, uh, it is one of those things when we, we think back of, for example, um, we discussed not too long ago, uh, well, uh, during lockdown on Cabal Sports 2.0 about, uh, like, for example, some of the, the, the great moments like uh, from 1988 European Championships or 1990. Which of the tournaments, uh, let's say Cup Winners Cup, really stood out for you and which of the UEFA Cup campaigns stood out for you? Which years? Uh, eighty eighty one for the Cup Winners' Cup when Dinamo Tbilisi won it. Uh, you know, was a huge, huge inspiration behind that book. Um, you know, I was just transfixed by them. I, you know, I've pinned it back to kind of like West Ham being taken apart by them in the quarterfinals uh, just a week or two before my team Liverpool played them in the League Cup final. So um, Dinamo Tbilisi, yes, you know, huge, and then and then kind of like knowing that they had a vague connotation to Liverpool because they took Liverpool apart in the early exchange of the eight. 79-80 European Cup. Uh, so, yes, I, I was always quite transfixed by that Dean Motopolisi side. Um, you know, uh, Vitali Celia, Schengelia, uh, you know, Gutsiev, uh, you know, all of those those great, great players that, that just trip off the tongue for me being a kid of, of that era. So, yes, 80-81, you know, you had the, the randomness of Castilla taking part of in it because they reached the Spanish Cup final in 1980 yeah. and lost to the mothership. So they, they got to take part in the Cup Winners' Cup. Um, you know, West Ham's run to the quarterfinal as a second division team. They were running away with the second division. Far too good for that division. They, they'd been relegated in 78 and took three years to come back. Won the FA Cup in 80 and, and there they were. Newport County, you know, their run to the quarterfinals. Carl Zichiena, just, you know, just a wonderfully evocative name. So, you know, all of these, you know, uh, random elements that were drawn together for this 80-81 play and other. Uh, was always the big standout one for me uh, when it comes to the Cup Winners' Cup. The UEFA Cup, uh, probably, again, similar, 80-81, Ipswich's run to success. You know, that was probably the first one that I seriously remember. Uh, Spurs against Anderlecht in 84 was a big standout. Uh, Dundee United's run to the 87 final. But again, you know, they all fall within that. You know, being a, a child born of the 70s and growing up and being, you know, impressionable throughout the 80s. It's it's that that decade in particular, but everything else that surrounded it. So with the Cup Winners' Cup, it went from 60, six, uh, 1960 to 1999, so 39 years. It's that 60s, 70s, 80s to 90s era. The Cup Winners, the UEFA Cup book kind of fell into that category as well because it's 71 to, to 97. And of course, and uh, the of, one thing that we, we most people don't understand with this is that it wasn't, you know, there wasn't the internet, there wasn't, uh, you know, the, the kind of the, the mass coverage that there was or that there is now on TV, for example, there wasn't that kind of range. Um, listen, Steve, just again, uh, a tournament frozen in uh, time and uh, where the cool kids hung out. They're, are they available online? They can be ordered online? Yes, all, all good bookshops, all good book online retailers. 
uh, in a time of non-pandemic era, you know, you might be able to walk into a bookshop and order one or might even find one on the shelves somewhere. But yes, it's out there in, in all your regular book haunts. Excellent. Okay. Now, I know Stephen's going to stay with us because we have uh, our legal, legal easel, Cody and the two Andys. They are uh, waiting for us. I'm going to start off with uh, Easel. Easel, um, we had a vote, of course, uh, and discussion last week about the greatest football coaches of all time. Um, you have, I'm going to start off now, you have one minute starting now to tell us who is your pick for the greatest football coach of all time. My pick was a very easy one. Any man can manage a team filled with superstars. It takes a superstar to manage a team that isn't filled with them. And that man is Sam Allardyce, otherwise known as Allardyce. I'm trying to make him sound fancier. Uh, Big Sam has managed seven teams in the Premiership um, that have managed to stay above relegation. He is currently managing West Brom, which may be obviously a a journey too far. But as I've said, this is a man who, when you're in real trouble, He's the only man you're ever going to want to call. And also, for people who aren't aware of this, Big Sam may not strike you as a man who is ahead of modern science, but he is well known for being one of the managers who was first in introducing yoga to his teams. Okay, you've got 10 seconds left, if you want to use it up. Oh, well, some heroes wear super... Some heroes um, come in the form of the likes of Alex Ferguson, who manages a team with an unlimited budget. And that's it, that's it, that's it. No, 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 that's it. Now you're just over time. You uh, <laughs> you didn't plan yourself in the right time. And of course, Sam Allardyce introduced um, a certain, you know, Dr. Freeman into the sport and of course, uh, the forgetful Dr. Rob Chakraverty. So, yeah, he has always had interesting people knocking around as well as yoga. Okay, um, the man laughing, of course, Andrew Flint, uh, you have your minute starting now. Well, it was a valiant effort by you, I must say, but there really isn't any point in this contest altogether because there only is one person who could possibly be the greatest of all time, and that is Sir Alex Ferguson. I don't buy into the fact that number of titles and statistics alone are worth it, but he comes out on top of that, the most successful manager in English football. He has eight honorary degrees. Um, he has built, but what makes him the greatest is he's built and rebuilt so many great sides. I mean, what he did with Aberdeen to break the old uh, old firm hold on Scottish football was incredible, but at Manchester United, he built, by my reckoning, four or even five great sides. And, and to do that is just unprecedented. I don't think anybody could claim to have done the same as him. Um, he has a standing after him at Old Trafford, and he will be forever a legend. Nobody could possibly match him, and uh, nobody ever will. Okay, you oh, just finished three seconds ahead of time. Okay, now speaking about the old firm, of course, I know that Andy Mack wants to go for Stevie G, but listen, forgo your love for the man from Liverpool and tell us who is your greatest of all time. Well, Sam Allardyce never did yoga and Alex Ferguson always looked up to one man and that was Jock Steen. Um, so for me, he would be the greatest of all time. Like Esau said... He took 30 men, all with born within Glasgow, and Alex Ferguson's words, it will never, ever be done again. And he was absolutely bloody correct, to my heartfelt absolute pain. Um, he beat probably the best Inter side, 67, with the Lisbon Lions, called Grande Inter, or Internationale. Um, and also, I think, probably never saw Scotland qualify for Mexico 86 on the touchline, as he, he, he stopped taking his heart meds uh, before um, a crunch game against Wales. In Cardiff, missing for 
listeners that know the likes of Sunef, Dalgleish, Hanson. Andy, and your time is almost up. Quick. Ah, okay, okay. Um, time is I, up, Andy. I, I, time I, is I, up, Andy. Andy, no, Ferg, you lost Ferg. your chance. Uh, Andy, you had it, <laughs> but you started going back off. And okay, Stephen Scrag, you have uh, one minute to tell us who is the greatest of all time football coaches. Uh, well, just for, for the first few seconds of my minute, I'd just like to say that Alex Ferguson isn't even the best Manchester United manager. But beyond <laughs> that, it's definitely the greatest <laughs> Bob Paisley. First man to three European Cups. He, you know, took on the empire and he, he, he took the foundations of Shankly and he built the Coliseum on top of it. You know, the first man to three European Cups. He didn't just revolutionise Liverpool, he, he completely altered the, the, the whole format that Liverpool played in, the pinch midfield, you know, dispense with wingers, uh, you know, the introduction of Leash, the signing of Souness, you know, Hansen, the ball-playing centre-backs, you know, if this was the, you know, if Paisley operated in Italy or, or the Netherlands, you know, if he'd a coach of Ajax or Milan or Juventus, he'd be lauded with the best of them now, you know, he, he was absolute revolutionary Okay, uh, your time, you know, your time is up. Your time is up. Okay, and uh, I, I listen. I think all four of them. Well, okay, I, I have my doubts over Sam Allardyce, but all four of them um, <laughs> have done an awful lot of good. Um, very, very quickly, Eastolt, uh Someone from another sport uh, that you could give fifteen seconds to recommend as a greatest of all time coach. The greatest of all time in Irish sports is a man called Brian Cody. He shares my uh, surname. We are not related and he's from a county that I despise with a passion that I reserve solely for him. But he is the most prolific manager in hurling terms in Ireland and just done, an incredible done, man done. manager by all accounts. Okay, uh, and a school teacher as well by day. Um, Stephen Scrag, a, a, a manager coach from another sport, you have 15 seconds. Uh, maybe not a sport even. Uh, Eric Bristow, darts, uh, you know, cultivated Phil Taylor, you know, who absolutely dominated the dartboard. Well, it, it is a sport. Now, come on. I don't care what anyone says. It's an amazing sport. I'd happily, you know, listen to people who argue that it's not a sport. But, you know, uh, but yeah, for me, it, it is. is. Yeah, it is a sport. Yeah, without, without any doubt. It's like snooker as well. Uh, excellent sport. Um, Andrew Flint, uh, 15 seconds, a coach from another sport who should be a grace of all time. Well, I don't know whether it will win greatest of all time. It certainly won't. But um, Clive Woodward oversaw a moment that I absolutely adored. And I will never, never forget England winning that World Cup. Johnny Wilkinson's drop kick to win it was amazing. For that alone, in my heart, he's one of the greatest, at least. Yeah, that, I mean, it was it was an amazing one. I was in Croatia watching that game. I mean, just, it was unbelievable. When they had a penalty to level it up and uh, we lost the feed, we were watching on German. I think it was Eurosport that won the German sports channels and the feed went down. I was like, and I still remember the German commentator just going, oh God, like, oh God, because <laughs> it was just, it just screaming black and they lost the whole feed. Andy Mack, um, again, no referrals to Stevie G um, or to anyone else from the other side of Glasgow. Uh, who is the greatest of all time other sports coach? Uh, I'd say John Buchanan. Um, he overtook Australia cricket in 1999 and probably oversaw one of the greatest machines in sport uh, for the next However many years, uh, I think that was probably uh, an Australia side that I idolised, uh, despite the fact that I probably never supported them. I think he was just 
what he did for cricket was incredible. Okay, listen, folks, thank you very, very much to Stephen Scragg, um, the author of A Tournament Frozen in Time and Where the Cool Kids Hung Out. Both of those, of course, are available. You can order them online. So always a good time to get a good read in as this spring is dawning on us. And to Isil Cody, Andy Mack and Andy Mac- and uh, Andy F- Andrew Flint, they'll be saying us, of course, for the Big Fat 50 quiz coming up next. Of course, I did mention that we have uh, the KHL playoffs coming up. It is going to be a good one, folks, because you know what, you really, really need to get, get into this because it's going to be a huge playoffs because Spartak and Siska facing off this week. Dinamo also doing quite well. So it's starting uh, 7.30, Dinamo home against Severstal. Then on Wednesday, Siska played the first of their series against Spartak. Then Thursday, Dinamo Severstal again. And then Friday, Siska and Spartak tickets are on sale tomorrow. If you can get your hands on them, grab them because I'm telling you something, it's going to be worth it. Okay. And uh, that segment was, of course, in association with Match Business Consulting, Russia's number one sports consultancy we're going out to the break with Alex Gordino featuring Sheena and watch out back with the Big Fat Filthy Quiz Capital Sports with Alan Moore
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the third and final part of our show for this evening. Of course, it is a shortened Capital Sports tonight, but we're going to have a lot of fun. Of course, it is nil-nil in that game, Liverpool and Sheffield United at Bramall Lane. Uh, the Saudi Young Club are holding up quite well, and uh, it looks like it could be a very bad night for Liverpool. Could be, in a way, loss, or at best for them, a draw. OK, a um, bit of sad news this evening, of course. Uh, Glenn Roder, the former West Ham and Newcastle, manager he uh, passed away after a long battle with brain cancer at the age of just 65 our thoughts and prayers out to his family and loved ones uh, of course, last week we um, we actually we were on air when the news broke. We broke it first here on Capital Sports about uh, Tiger Woods. Of course, he, we know that he damaged his legs. It looks like he had a bit of an issue with his back as well. He's had operations to relieve the pressure on his legs. And uh, it looks like it's going to be a long road to recovery for him. But again, fingers crossed he will do well um, and he's going to be better soon. Regardless of golf, he is a dad. And uh, he has to be there to look after his little ones. Okay, right, we're going to start off the big, fat, filthy quiz. Again, remember, folks, I made a mistake earlier on about the Champions League and Europa League. Of course, it is next, not this coming week, the week after. So next week, I should say, from, well, whatever, you know what I mean. Uh, Okay, folks, uh, straight away, I have our usual basket of deplorables as they have been known in the Daily Mail. Uh, They are back on air with us, uh, starting off with, uh, well, Isil Cody, you're there back with us. I am. Okay, so you're not sulking after losing about uh, proposing Sam Allardyce and that he got kicked out of the mix. <laughs> a bit like Sam, I feel I've won here. All right. We uh, got there. Okay, okay. Well, you had one win today anyway. Jose won, uh, brought your boys home 4 uh, <laughs> 0. Even if it was against a pretty, well, awful team from Burnley. Andrew Flint, uh, you didn't win with Fergie. Um, as uh, Stephen rightly said, he isn't even the best manager in United history. Of course, we all know that that is Oli Guller Sanchar. Um, you're there with us anyway. Um, <laughs> Stephen Scrag, of course, uh, the man whose club are, well, they are not having a very, very good season. Of course, you're a Liverpool fan. Uh, you notice we didn't ask you what the heck happened to Liverpool because last September we said here on Capital Sports Liverpool were going to have an awful season and we were right. Um, good foresight there. But, you know, <laughs> a season off when Dublin can actually go to the turnstiles isn't, isn't a bad time, I suppose. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Andy Mack, of course, uh, Celtic having a season on. It looks like they're going to be getting Roy Keane up as their new manager. Or maybe Big Sam will move up from West Brom. What do you reckon, Andy? Andy Mack is just, he's not with us anymore. Andy Mack, you've, you've, uh, you're back down, like, kind of, like, tied up. Andy? <laughs> no, no, I'm here. Sorry, I was just trying to ignore that question until we moved on to something other than football. <laughs> I was wondering if CVG would be tempted across to Celtic Park over to Paradise, you know, because, like, he's, he was a born and bred Celtic fan, he said. Uh, well, his daughter is named after Lords, so, um, yeah, I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the Madonna's Lords. Anyway, um, Peter P, are you there with us this evening? I am, I am. Very good. Okay. Uh, Alex B, are you joining us from Toronto? Are you there? 
No, no, Alex B. Alex B. couldn't join us this evening. Okay, right. We're going to start off. Of course, I'm going to keep it nice and topical. It's going to be UEFA Cup or Europa League, I should say. So uh, it's the 2020-2021 version. Um, I want. I'm going to give you the name of a team. You have to give me the country that they're from. Okay, these are all teams that played in this year's Europa League. Okay, starting off with Isol Cody. Isol Cody. I'm going to give everyone this time around five points. For... Not my good subject. Oh well, you know. But there you go. Well, Spurs are playing the Europa League, uh, so there you go. It should be your subject. Um, that's about their level, right? Uh, the team I'm going to tell you, and you've named the country Alash Kurt. Alash Kurt. This is the dodgy one, but Alash Kurt. How would you spell Alash Kurt? <laughs> You're not going to Google it. You've got three seconds. I'm, I'm not going to. Go, I'm going to go with. Uh, it's Europa, so I'll go with. Lithuania. Well, Soviet Union, Armenia. Okay, Armenia. Right, uh, Andrew Flint. Nice one for you. Iskra Danili Danil Danili Danil Ofgrad. How could I not say that properly? Jesus Christ. Iskra Danil Ofgrad. Iskra Danil Ofgrad. Iskra Danil. Um... I'm going to have to go to Bulgaria. Well, uh, not far, not far. It is in the Balkans, it's Montenegro. Okay, Stephen Scrag, this is for you. Sirens. It's not what you're hearing. Oh, you are hearing yeah. Sirens. That's the name Sirens. of the team. Where are they from? <laughs> uh, I'm going to win Malta. Yeah, well done. Well done. Sirens are from Malta. Okay, uh, Andy Mack. I'm going to give a nice easy one for you. Drita. Drita. Like Rita, but with a D in front. Drita. Um, I think they are Georgian. Uh, you think wrong. They're Kosovan. So there you go. It's Kosovan. <laughs> Peter P. I'm going to give you a chance on this one. Hibernians. Hibernians. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Uh... <laughs> this is a team in Europe, yeah. by the way. Just make, make a guess. In Europe? <laughs> yeah. uh, make a uh, guess. Serbia. No. Malta. 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 There we go. Stephen, you're, you're out in the lead at the moment on five points, so this is a bad showing from our guys tonight. Right, I'm going to be very, very overly generous because, of course, it's the last day of winter tomorrow. Spring officially starts here in Russia. So, uh, Isolt Cody, the missing word, please. Five for a correct answer, ten for a really good one that makes us all laugh. So, the first one for, or the one for you is, England, what? Complain about refereeing. England, what? Complain about refereeing. Never shut the beep up about. <laughs> uh, uh, or England, refrain from, because Eddie wasn't saying anything. All right, are you going to go for the first one or the second one? <laughs> I'm going to go with the first one. I'm Irish. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to give eight for it because you, you did make me giggle. Uh, it is will not, will not complain about refereeing. So there you go. Um, Andrew Flint will, of course. Uh, however, this is your one, Andrew. Uh, Ireland, what Italy as what? Ireland, what Italy as what? <laughs> Jesus, I'm giving them all out tonight. <laughs> oh, there's so many Andy Mac variants I could give right now, but I've got not. 
Um, <laughs> um, let's get our minds out of gutter on this one, folks. Let's not, let's not take a Vandy down in his dungeon, okay? Just, I won't, I won't, I won't peg you down on this one, all right? But just trying to get it right. Right, okay. So, Ireland blank, Italy ass blank, yes? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, Ireland, Italy ass their <clears throat> whipping boys. Well, I'm going to I'm going to give you five points for it. Well, no, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you four points for it because it's it, it's okay. It's interesting. It's Ireland power pass Italy as shake up called for. Of course, they're calling for a shake up for uh, European rugby. Of course, Russia are playing this coming week against Romania down in Sochi. Okay, Stephen, one for you. Um, Tiger, of course, Tiger Woods begins long roads to what? Tiger begins long road to what? Tiger begins long road to Liverpool Driving season. <laughs> Andy Mack, what did you say? Driving license. <laughs> Driving license. I've I've actually Stephen as well. <laughs> Stephen, I'm going to give you four points for that one, right? Because that is quite good. <laughs> Uh, it is uh, long road to recovery and redemption there you go uh, great CNN one there <laughs> CNN of course the world leader in understatement Andy Mack this is over to you um, <laughs> oh god I shared a, <laughs> I shared a what with Rashford <laughs> I shared a what with Rashford <laughs> Oh, <laughs> everyone uh, just everyone's cowering now going oh god no uh, Milanese toga party <laughs> I'm giving you 10 it's not a bonga bonga party it is a home and debut with Rashford a home and debut with Rashford I mean it's just such a it's an awful an awful awful um, headline and a very poor story but anyway uh, right um, finally Peter P this is a good one for you he is what he is he what he is what yeah <laughs> <laughs> What is that in reference to? <laughs> it's, it, it, it's about Pep Guardiola. He is what? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I shouldn't be laughing. Uh, well, well, I don't want to offend the guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay old. I don't know. I, I don't really want to go after him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, well, I know what you're saying. I'm going to give eight points for that, Peter, because that's he. He is the best manager in the world. There you go. It's just so simple. It's really, really simple. I, I try to help everyone out uh, this week. So uh, I mean, that, that, that's that's not the, the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to keep it. Peace. As, as I say sometimes, I was trying to keep it PG. You know, PG, I know. Oh, my goodness. Okay, here we go. All right, uh, finally, it is all in the mix, actually. Everyone can win this. Um, well, pretty much everyone. Um, Eastold is on eight. Oh. Andrew Flint is on four. Stevens on nine. Andy Mack is on ten. And Peter P is on eight. So it is all there to play for. Right, so going into this final round, this is either or. So this is, again, UEFA Cup, okay? Uh, question for you, Eastold. Roma beat Young Boys home and away. Yeah. True or false? I'm going to go with true. You would go correctly. So five points to you. Ooh. You are on 13 points. Well done. You're out into the lead. Uh, Rice uh, to Andrew Flint. Dundalk and Siska share what 
fact that neither won in the Champions League or the Europa League group stage or both played uh, both played uh, sorry (laughs) I'm sorry I'm getting mixed up so badly with this oh my goodness both played Austrian teams Or English Premier Teams. Uh, Jesus, what? Oh, excuse me for cursing. Uh, so both played English Premier <laughs> Teams. My goodness. So neither, neither won in the group stage or both played English Premier Teams. Uh, well, I'm going to go neither won in the group stage. Yes, you were correct. You went right. I'm sorry about that. I just literally got so confused. And that was my, my own <laughs> I, was really, I was really wondering what the question was going to end Yeah, up. I know. I was like, where was I going with this one? My goodness. Right. Uh, all right, Stephen, for you. Uh, how many Austrian teams... We're in the 2020-2021 Europa League group stage. Was it three or two? Three or two? Three. You are correct. There was three teams indeed. Okay, so you are now just nudged into the lead just ahead of Easel. So you're on 14 points. Andy Mack, give a chance to, to, to nail this down and to win it, okay? Question for you. Who finished second to Spurs? Who finished second to Spurs? Okay. Was it AEK or Antwerp? Antwerp. Antwerp. Very good. Well done. You won it. And I, I, it, it was actually last glimpse, I should have said, actually not. All right. And finally, Peter P. Um, Celtic conceded the same number of goals as Dundalk in the group stage. Was it 19 or 17? I'm going to go for 17. Oh, you should have gone for 19. They were even worse than you could imagine. So, yeah, it's just... Yeah. So, Andy Andy Mack won. Makes a nice change for a Celtic fan to be on the winning side. Uh, so, the uh, it finishes up with... With Andy Mack wins on 15 points. Stephen Scrag is on 14. Eastold on 13. Andrew Flint on 9. And Peter P, he is at the rear on 8. So, uh, I, I guess in the human centipede, does a person at the end of the centipede die or live? Peter P. Hey, come on, come on. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's always the middle guy who survives so for some reason. Really? Okay, I don't know. Yeah, you, you, what, what, why do you make the reference if, you're not, if you didn't watch the movie? Come on. <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of those things that popped into my head. Like, you know, when I... Yo, and, and that's, some, that's, a, that, that's a sensitive subject for me as well. Because at some point, when I, like, I, I was very young when I watched the first one. That, that, that stuff scarred me for life, I gotta say. <laughs> now, now that you bring it up, it brings me some, some weird memories. Well, thanks. Thanks for, for, for doing it. My apologies on that one, Peter P. <laughs> I hope you sleep well tonight. Okay, uh, so congratulations um, to Isol Cody. Have a great week. Talk to you next weekend. Thank you very much, and same to you guys. Okay, Andy Mack, uh, well done. Keep it uh, trucking. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> what is? What are we coming to tonight at all? I don't even know. Right, um, Andrew Flint, you take care of yourself. Talk to you next week. We're looking forward to it, boss. Okay. Uh, Peter P, again, you just like, you know, if, if, if you have nightmares, you can always call me in the middle of the night. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I will, I will, right. <laughs> I'm dreading this now. And Stephen Scrag, thank you for your time tonight. And of course, uh, folks, if you want to get a good read in, it is a tournament frozen in time and also where the cool kids hung out. Stephen, thank you and have a great spring. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on.
Okay, folks, we are going out now into the Moscow night. It is getting warm out there. It's nice. Um, it's not kind of like, a, you know, scorching hot, but again, it's uh, at least over zero. The snow is melting and we're going to have a bit of fun. So we're going to leave. We're going to go. We'll be away for, well, this week, back, of course, next weekend. Same time, same channel. And uh, I hope you all do well again this a week try to get a ticket for the uh, KHL playoffs now I know we had a lot of we had some questions in this evening we weren't able to answer them unfortunately but I have quick answers for you um, uh, one of them uh, with oh my goodness I just a very very quick one about can Jude abuse his self-defense yes it can uh, and how much is gold medal weight we're going to ask that next weekend okay so again uh, oh and also the favourite Champions League uh, Andy Mack said that it is Bayern Munich so okay folks we're going away have a great one we're going to go out with a song that someone very, very special wants to listen to to start off her week on a uh, let's just say on a really really high note so until next weekend I'm Alan Moore this is Capital Sports we're going to play out with Mika and Grace Kelly. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. I want to talk to you. The last time we talked, Mr. Smith, you reduced me to tears. I promise you it won't happen again. Do I attract you? Do I repulse you with my queasy smile? Am I too dirty? Am I too flirty? Do I like what you like? I could be wholesome, I could be loathsome, guess I'm a little bit shy. Why don't you like me? Why don't you like me without making me try? I try to be like Grace Kelly, mm-hmm. but all the looks were too sad. So I tried a little Freddy, mm-hmm. I've got an entity in Thank you.